Welcome to Season 1, Episode 16 of the Echo Corpus Christi Podcast, the podcast featuring Corpus Christi's creators, makers, doers, and builders. Marcus Flores is our guest on this episode. Marcus runs the family business Gulf Coast Glass Company, but you probably know him as Senior Cheesehead. Marcus may be one of the most unique Green Bay Packers fans in the country, blending his heritage with his fandom. To help celebrate and share his love for the Packers, he created a clothing and gear line under the Senior Cheesehead brand, and as you'll hear in this episode, Marcus breaks a bit of news about his brands. Marcus and I met through the Rye School of Corpus Christi, where our sons are in the same preschool class. The Rye School is a full inclusion school where typically developing kids like Marcus's son and kids with Down syndrome like my son or who have other developmental challenges are included in the same classroom with highly trained teachers and special therapists. Each set of kids learns and grows with and from the other. But Marcus's heart for people with challenges extends beyond the Rye School. He is a major runner and runs 5Ks and 10Ks with the Wings of Texas and his buddy Charlie, who also happens to be a huge Packers fan. Marcus runs these races while pushing Charlie in a special racing wheelchair so that Charlie can feel the same thrill of competition and racing that those who are self-ambulatory feel. Throughout this episode, you'll get to hear Marcus's passion for each of the jobs and hobbies he's involved in, a passion that's contagious. Let's visit with Marcus. Well, Marcos, welcome to the Echo Corpus Christi podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, we're thrilled to have you on the show today. Thank you for taking time to join us. And as we start off with all of our guests, we love to know your Corpus story. Are you a Corpus Christian native or were, did you come here a little bit later in life? No, uh, born and raised. So there's 42 years of Corpus Christi right there. Awesome. Yeah, so my parents, uh, they, they, they met here years ago. They're both from around the area and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, got lucky. It was the, the third one that popped out and they've just been here forever. Um, and yeah, this is a beautiful city. I mm-hmm. probably wouldn't live anywhere else after all the places I've seen. <laughs> That's a fair point for sure. So do you have other relatives here? Do your brothers and sisters live here also or? Yes. Uh, I've got, um, all, uh, two brothers and a younger sister. We're all, we're all here. There's four of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Awesome. So we're here in your studio, which will eventually be your podcast studio for your you may I call it a side gig, senior cheesehead, or is it a full-time job? Oh, it's a full-time job. Okay, it's it's uh, it's it's its own persona in itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it probably consumes more of my day than uh, <laughs> than work and kids and stuff, just because of uh, how big it's grown uh, mm-hmm. up until now. Well, that's super exciting. We're going to talk a lot more about your Green Bay Packer fandom and and your your friend, senior cheesehead, the identity that you take on, which is. I wish at some point that podcasts were more visual because I'd love to be able to show the gear. But we'll talk about that here in a minute. I think let's talk a little bit about your family's history in the city. You told me before we started recording that y'all have a family business that's been around for almost 40 years at this point. And I'd love to know more about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, My dad has been uh, working in in the glass business, commercial and residential, probably for, you know, 40 or 50 years. Okay. Um, Actually, longer than that. So back in 1982, I was five years old. Uh, they decided to, you know, he had so much skill and and and, uh, uh, and knowledge of what he was doing. Working for somebody else wasn't cutting it, mm-hmm. and so uh, him and my mom decided to to, you know, go their own separate way and start their own business, and and it took off. I think uh, Waterburger was like his first client. Oh wow, uh, that's commercially, mm-hmm. and so we, it was really cool. Like, um, you know, just growing up. 
through that and watching you know both businesses kind of uh, take off from where they're at you know Waterbird mm-hmm. being a, a Corpus Christi uh, restaurant and uh, no, it's, it's amazing just growing up in a family business and, mm-hmm. and you know watching everything happen from scratch is really really cool yeah. did y'all have family business conversations around the dinner table or did it did your parents kind of keep the business separate from you and your siblings growing up no everything kind of revolved around the business uh you know we didn't see my dad uh so much you know my mom was always in charge of us uh, okay. growing up and mm-hmm. schooling and my dad was just spending so much time building the the business and 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 the work and being in charge of everybody but um yeah it, it that's all basically my that, that was the conversation I mean, even, even to this day my dad's mm-hmm. uh, now retired but like we don't really talk too much personal stuff everything is how was work today mm-hmm. you know he's still talking uh, we still got clients to come in and ask for him awesome uh, so it's 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 awesome uh, but but yes it, that that's all we do talk about is work 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 do you find it inspiring to have those customers come in and ask for your dad in the sense that he built this great customer service reputation and now he's handed it off to you and the rest of your family and y'all get to carry that legacy yeah i think it's really cool uh i got nephews that work there now and mm-hmm. and you know they'll be uh really surprised when they see like somebody come in and remember uh remember my dad or we'll start talking about or you know they'll bring up hey you know i i remember when your dad you know mm-hmm. did this favor for me or just happened <laughs> to be here at six o'clock right. in the morning drinking coffee and my car stalled across the street and there's just so so many uh, different things. To, he, uh, so much history with mm-hmm. him, you know, and just being there every single day for his life. Uh, wow. Very cool. I think that's a neat experience for children to grow up. My dad worked for a company for 35 years, but it started out really small, kind of like that. It was a small manufacturing company outside of San Antonio. And it was fun to see the, the guys and gals that had been there for the long haul because the customers would come back to the right. same people, even though they may have retired. But like your father and your family, they built this reputation of excellence and people remember that and it sticks with them. Yeah, yeah, it was always the little things that he did for some people, um, you know, just carrying a product out to their car and mm-hmm. just, just that last little conversation, you know, or having a, having a cup of coffee ready for, you know, whoever walked in the door. It was, mm-hmm. it was amazing to see that. So I, I kind of picked up on that and, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was, it was great, really great inspiration uh, as far as uh, the work aspect is concerned. Okay. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the scale of the business today. Is it still doing commercial and residential? Does it do custom glass work? What, what is the primary focus of the business today? Uh, and know, what's it called? Yeah, it, well, we're Gulf Coast Glass Company. Okay. Um, and, and our primary focus is just to take care of the, you know, the, the everyday customers that come in. We're, we're, we're not the biggest company. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not trying to be, but, mm-hmm. you know, we try and, and specialize in, in, uh, and making sure that every little, even even the little stuff that does go out is you know perfect for the customer, uh, whether it's a custom frameless shower door, whether it's just a window glass that's out the door to go mm-hmm. for them to uh, go and install, you know that's that's critical little things having the right product so that the customer doesn't have to come back for mm-hmm. the wrong reason. Sure, um, but yeah, just uh, so so much uh, so much stuff that we that we learned and picked up. Mm-hmm. And, is it still predominantly family members that are working in the business, or do y'all have, have y'all expanded beyond the family and you have other crews and whatnot? Uh, no, well, <clears throat> it, it is 100% all family. My mom's mm-hmm. the, the new actual owner now since my dad's retired. Of course, uh, he doesn't seem retired because you know he's there every day. And, uh, but no, it's my mom. My sister's mm-hmm. in the office. Uh, I'm running the, all the physical part. 
Uh, I've got my oldest brother there working now. He just moved down from San Antonio about two years ago. Uh, and then I got my two nephews uh, working under us. So we got two crews mm -hmm. working all the time, uh, consistent, mm -hmm. walk-in customers. And, awesome. Yeah, and then we're, we're constantly uh, uh, taking care of the entire Coastal Bend, Rockport, mm -hmm. Corpus, you know, just wherever, call the, wherever the call comes from, we try and get to it. What impact did Hurricane Harvey have on the business? Uh, huge. Um, it, it started to consume a lot of our time just with estimating, that's mm -hmm. for sure, up front. You know what I mean? It was just so we, we couldn't be everywhere uh, um, at, you know, we couldn't be everywhere at the same time to give everybody an estimate. So mm -hmm. there was a lot of panicking going on, but it, 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 it didn't take very long for us, you know what I mean, to, to stay. You still see mm -hmm. uh, the impact now. I mean, people are barely getting some of their right. insurance money, mm -hmm. you know, and it's already been three years. Uh, so so we, we still see it. We're still seeing those people mm -hmm. uh, come through and working on their stuff. So that was, that was a big, big deal. I imagine it was. So let's talk a little bit about um, how a kid in Corpus Christi, Texas became a huge Green Bay Packers fan. How did you get inspired into the green? You call it green and gold or green and yellow? Green and gold. For green me, and gold. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how did the green and gold come into your life? How did you avoid becoming a Cowboys fan? Yeah, the crazy <laughs> thing is just, uh, you know, I, I feel like I've always kind of like uh, uh, started my own path. Mm -hmm. uh, I've never really been much of a follower. And so so when uh, whenever I got into sports and watching football, just uh, I could see like, uh, you know, just everybody that I knew was a big cowboy fan. Sure. Uh, very few were Houston Oilers fans. Mm -hmm. You know, they weren't the most uh, popular. <laughs> they were there. You know, they right. had their hardcore fans. Right. Cowboys were the were the it the it thing around here. I mean, they had a they 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 as well have a, a rich history mm -hmm. in, in winning. Uh, but so so yeah, just it, it, that just wasn't my thing. And okay. I remember uh, right around high school when I started to you know really start watching football. Brett Favre was one of the more mm -hmm. entertaining uh, players. Uh, in the league and and so I, I started to uh, watch and gravitate towards his play and and uh, uh, his on-field persona mm -hmm. and the way he approached the game and all that good stuff so what uh, and 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 then uh, it didn't take long before you know they started to win right uh, and and, and uh, it was it was fun watching him win and and how he would win and and the adversity that he would mm -hmm. uh, go through during the game and and still manage to pull things off and uh, from there, I just kind of, uh, I just started to like the the team more mm -hmm. as they continued to win, and and they, you know, they ended up winning the Super Bowl a couple years later, which I, in turn I started to like do a little bit more research on the organization, mm -hmm. started falling in love with the actual organization as compared to the team and the sure. player, and then, you know, with him playing there so long, it's just year after year. I think his career was like 16 years or so. Mm -hmm. There, you know, it was kind of hard to like like anybody else outside of that. Oh, very true. I, I can appreciate that too. It was always fun to watch Brett Favre because you could, he could, um, he could win the game or lose the game in the last second. Yes. And it felt like that every Sunday or Monday night, whenever you're watching, like, okay, is he going to win this one? Exactly. And usually he did, which yeah. was great. Yeah. But then there were those moments you're like, Brett, why that one? And then the very next weekend, that same play would, you know, win the game. Yeah. It was exciting to watch, and and he was such a character on the field too, in a good way. Yes. You know, you could really see that he held himself to high standards and. Uh, played with his heart on the field at every game, and that was always fun to watch. Um, where did your on-the-field persona come from, Senior Cheesehead? Uh, I, I, you know, it, 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 it's just a big uh, extension of, of, of who I am uh, culturally. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. you always see 
mariachis. They're usually mm -hmm. at some kind of a celebration, uh, usually a, you know an anniversary, a birthday party, whether they're celebrating life or death. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, uh, there there was a point in time where I remember me and my wife were t we were at a date night, and I started talking about you know I wanted to like get a, like a really cool hat, not just right. the cheese head that everybody had. Mm -hmm. So. Um, we came up with the idea just to get like a, a really cool sombrero that we had seen online and ordered it and we wore it to a couple, you know, mm -hmm. in town uh, games that we would go to at the bars and I would get a lot of compliments on it. And then uh, the following year, I remember uh, we talked about going to our first game together. Mm -hmm. uh, that was back in 2015. And uh, I told her that I wanted to wear something. I didn't know if I was ever going to ever go back. So I'm, you know, I told her I wanted to wear something real memorable, mm -hmm. uh, so I could take some cool pictures. You know, <laughs> some other people that were there. Right. You know? The right. intentions were, were were just this one game, uh -huh. and so um, I, I don't I don't even know I don't know exactly why I decided to do that. But you mm -hmm. know, the sombrero was there. It was hot. We were doing it, and so uh, I ordered a, a custom green and gold mariachi outfit mm -hmm. from Guadalajara, Mexico. <laughs> From the heart of it, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I wrote to some company in, mm -hmm. in Guadalajara and told them what I wanted to do mm -hmm. and showed them my hat and they ended up making me a custom suit out of the same color material and using the gold metal clasp and all that good stuff. And mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it was a huge, huge hit. You know, I can stuff. imagine, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it was. It, it, it's all for the, for the love of the Packers. Mm -hmm. It's all just for, for having a good time. It's all... Uh, but it, it really, I just wanted to take some really cool pictures mm -hmm. on this one trip. You know, I wanted to tell everybody, hey, check it out. I've been at Latin right. Field. And it, it was such a big hit. It was like, it was kind of hard not to do it again. Mm -hmm. To and keep it alive. Yeah, absolutely. So how did how did the company in Guadalajara make your, your mariachi uniform without you being there in person? Did you uh, have to send them sizes or how did that work? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. They sent me like an instruction sheet okay. and it was like step one, step mm -hmm. two. And so I got me a, a fabric ruler and I had my wife mm -hmm. uh, do all the measuring uh, step by step. And, and, you know, we would double check because I'm mm -hmm. like, you know, hey, I don't know if I'm going to do it. I can't have this wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so at the time, uh, those measurements, like the pants fit don't fit as good anymore just because they do a lot of running but no we sent in the measurements and, mm -hmm. and they six weeks later you know a box showed up and that's incredible yeah was what really was your reaction when you opened it was it everything you had hoped it was going to be or did it surprise you in any way it, it was a lot it was a lot cooler than i thought it was going to be yeah it was it was one of those uh, uh pulp fiction moments where mm -hmm. you know the case opens up <laughs> right yeah it, it was crazy it, it was my, my my jaw dropped for mm -hmm. sure I guess for the audience, I'll describe it right quick and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it really is a green and gold mariachi outfit complete with a green and gold sombrero full size. Absolutely. The full works that you wear to this day for various events and also when you attend games. Yep. And when did that that game, the, the one game plan to just take some pictures, when did it turn into Senior Cheesehead? I think the the night before I wore it to the game, the the, the game itself was my first game, uh, December 2015, uh, coincidentally against the Dallas Cowboys, mm -hmm. and uh, it was supposed to be a snow game, it was nice and wet, but we wore it the night before because we were going to a reception where we were going to meet two players, it was kind of like a meet and greet, mm -hmm. all this stuff, and it was in, it was in the basement of our hotel, okay. which is really nice over there. Um, and so we went and then uh, we ran into all these different groups of people from mm -hmm. all over the country and there was just a big hit. All these pictures started happening. Sure. And uh, 
man, it, it, I knew right there. I was like, this this persona is like destined mm-hmm. to for for more, not right. just this one game. How did it grow out of that one game? What was the next step that you took to build the persona? Well, uh, I was already um, making making like uh, custom apparel for myself, like a Texas cheese shaped uh, shirt mm-hmm. that I had. And so, like uh, that night, I had met some people from Iowa. I had met some people from California. Mm-hmm. Thought my uh, they had seen some of the stuff that I had, and and so I started like uh, making custom stuff for them too. Okay. Uh, so that was very cool. But uh, as far as uh, the Senor Cheese head, I came. You know, I, I think at that time was I was just starting my Instagram, and okay. so you know, trying to build up that base mm-hmm. uh, was another thing. And then, but I remember just uh, the all the positive feedback and the energy that that we received just from being there. All the people, the smiles, and all that just made me want to come back to a game. Period. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta keep, I gotta keep this up. Sure. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about the Packers organization itself because it's it's unique in many ways. But one of the ways it's unique is that its fans can become owners. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, well, it, it, they do have uh, open sales once in a while. There's only been five as far as their shares are concerned. Okay. Uh, so the last one they had was like in 2010. Okay. Um, and I took advantage of that. So I'm one of the 350,000 people in the world that have a share because they're out there. Uh-huh. And, uh, but yeah, I, I took advantage of that sale in 2010. That was the last one. It was right after our Super Bowl win. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I can officially say I'm an NFL owner now. That's right. So, so for the audience's um, education on the Packers ownership, it is literally owned by the 350,000 give or take shareholders. Yeah, yeah, there, there is a, there's no one single owner. Uh, we do have a president and CEO. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a board of directors that run, you know, all, all the operations mm-hmm. on the, but uh, as far as being owned by a single entity, there isn't one. It's just all the fans. Uh, that had been taking taking advantage of the sales mm-hmm. since like 1923. That's amazing. Yeah. What does owning a share entitle you to be able to do? Oh, lots of uh, smack talking. That's for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's right. Yeah. And so, and and it's great too. It's like uh, I I can't really describe the feeling, but but you know, there's there's fans, and then there's you know, there's the seasonal fans, mm-hmm. and then there's people like us, and then like just to be able, it's it, it's really an honor. Uh, to and you just feel like you're really, really a part of it, mm-hmm. being a part of every little thing they do, the, the giving back, the you know, the games, the energy, all that. It's 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 an amazing feeling just to feel you know to to be mm-hmm. a part of it. Absolutely. So does it give you opportunities to buy season tickets or to get tickets to visit to games, away games? How does that work for you guys? Uh, ownership wise, it's just bragging rights. Okay. Uh, mainly. Um, we have access to like a special, you know, uh, a limited edition uh, section of the website that we can't get into that for merchandise. It's about it. Okay. But mainly bragging rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, everybody else, that, that they're a real streamlined organization to where they give access to everybody. Okay. They have, you know, free fan clubs, all kinds of good stuff like mm-hmm. that. So on the bragging rights um, perspective, Senior Cheesehead really has become a full-fledged business where you're making hats and shirts and other um, Green Bay Packers themed gear. How did that come out of building the Senior Cheesehead persona? Uh, I, 
Well, again, it started when when I when I wore this shirt, and every time I would wear something, just because you know I have so much Packer gear, okay. so many so many things I could wear, and I wanted to start wearing something that that said a little bit more about me, okay, who I am, and so that you know I started with a Texas shirt, and then everybody here locally mm-hmm. kind of like because we have a local uh, Coastal Bend Packers group that we all get together and, and watch the games on Sundays, and uh, you know I started getting requests for that. And, and so I, I made a couple shirts, like 25, mm-hmm. sold them out that weekend. Wow. Somebody saw a picture of them, asked me if I could start making them. So I, mm-hmm. you know, I just made a little website to, to make it easier for people that were outside of Corpus that were still in Texas and wanted to, to have that same uh, mm-hmm. shirt. And uh, as soon as soon as that happened, people from California wanted a shirt. And so you know, just kind of made a California cheese logo. Okay. Uh, and then people from Wisconsin saw it. Mm-hmm. And then just started meeting all these different people and all these different fans. Um, that every time I came up with something, uh, there was always something else that somebody wanted. So I just kept building the brand, mm-hmm. building the building the website, and then uh, next thing you know, I was just sometimes I just that's the only thing I think about for, for a day, you know. <laughs> sure. And I could pump out ten, twenty mm-hmm. different ideas, write them down in my notes, and then attack two or three of them and make make a decent product. So did you? You mentioned that you had already started the the t-shirt business itself. When did you, did you kind of just decide to merge the Senior Cheesehead persona and the t-shirt business into under the Senior Cheesehead umbrella or they, do you kind of run them separately? How does that work? Right now they're, they're kind of run together. Um, I'm like my own brand ambassador. Mm-hmm. And so, but I, I feel like uh, uh, Senior Cheesehead, the character and then the brand themselves, I'm, I'm ready to start uh, separating them. Okay. Uh, just because I, I feel like the brand's ready to like, uh, apparel wise is ready to take off Mm-hmm. I think some of the ideas I have written, you know, that I've been taking care of all these years, they're ready to like start taking off. It's just a matter of making sure the ideas fit perfect with what, you know, what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. or do. Have you announced a name for the brand publicly separate from Senior Cheesehead at the moment? I haven't yet, but okay. I think, yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't mind doing it now. I think, I think I've got a good one. I mean, it's going to be kind of hard to get away from this. Okay. Uh, but I, I like... The, the Greatness Clothing Company. Ooh, that's a great one. Yeah. Pun intended. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that sounds appropriate because, again, that's your, your niche audience is Packers fans. Yeah. And that is exactly how they feel about the team and the, the organization itself. I think that's a great name. Yeah, the G uh, really is for greatness. Mm-hmm. So talk to me a little bit about you're wearing right now, as we're visiting, you're wearing a 1919 hat, and I've seen some of your gear with 1919 on it. What is the significance of that year? Uh, in 1919, uh, that that is the year that the actual Packers were were conceived, okay. as you can say, and uh, so ever since then, um, what are that's 101 years mm-hmm. I think now or 101 seasons uh, of greatness, really. So. <laughs> that's perfect. So let's talk about the games that Senior Cheesehead has visited. Where has he attended games? I know he's been to Lambeau. Multiple times at this point, right? Absolutely. And then to some away games. What? Where has he been? And let's talk about some of those experiences. Uh, my first <clears throat> two or three away games happened to be in Dallas, mm-hmm. uh, only because uh, at the time that I started going to games, they were real competitive, so they were kind of starting to meet once or two uh, times a year, mm-hmm. and then uh, of course the divisional playoff game. So I've been to Dallas three times, uh, Senor Cheesehead. Uh, been to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Another three times, uh, I've been to uh, a game at the LA Coliseum against the Rams. Wow. Uh, let's see. 
and then we went to Sports Dignity Park this year against the LA Chargers. Okay. That was in Car uh, Car Carlson, California, I believe. Carson, California, something like okay. that. And then uh, to the San Francisco game this year. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Where was the best reception of those visiting stadiums for Senior Season? The best reception ever probably was this year when it was, when we were in L.A. against the Chargers. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Senor Cheesehead hangs out with this really cool group of Packer fans from California called the SoCal Packerbackers. Okay. <laughs> and so uh, luckily I'm a part of their organization mm -hmm. and uh, all that good stuff. And, and they, they throw the most amazing tailgates. And so uh, this year we were able to uh, have our first annual Grito contest. So <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we attached that to it. It was, a, it was just a little small idea mm -hmm. that I came up with. I made an award. Uh, I, ha I had one here uh, made locally by Milestones. Sure, awesome. And then I took it to LA for me. And, and you know, I just announced on Instagram, I'm going to have this big Grito mm -hmm. contest. I've got an award. And you know, all these people showed up. There was hundreds of people at this tailgate. Wow, that's awesome. So, uh, just to see that many people together uh, uh, having so much fun mm -hmm. with this little event. That was, that was probably the, the best one so far. So did the participants in the contest do a traditional grito or did they put like a Packers, go Packers kind of spin on it? No, they, it, they were traditional. <clears throat> yeah, everybody from was, was basically from LA. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it was all traditional grito. We had a DJ uh, that was playing some Ramona Ayala in the back. Okay, awesome. And so he would just, you know, every, he mm -hmm. would start the song over every time a new contest a contestant came up. Mm -hmm. We had eight. I think we had one guy come and do like a Czechoslovakian style. <laughs> I love it. Grito. That's awesome. Yeah, that yeah. is awesome. Just to show his heritage. Mm -hmm. and, uh, that, that, was, that was a good time. Have you had rough receptions anywhere? I have. Uh, actually, this year again, okay. probably, and, and I was. Th this is the one time where I've been to a game and I was not feeling it. Okay, I, I had come down with like flu-like symptoms mm. right before it was the season opener, uh, the NFL's hundredth yeah. mm -hmm. season, Packers and Bears Thursday night football. Oh man, me and two of my best friends go to Chicago. You know, they never been to a game with me, and they're so excited. Mm -hmm. They're like, "Man, Senor Cheesehead, <laughs> we're gonna party!" And then. Uh -huh. The night before in San Antonio, I come out with the flu. So mm. we go to Chicago. We, st you know, I still somehow managed to have a decent time. And I remember w once we actually got to the stadium, it was like everything went sour. Uh, oh, man, their fans were a little tough that day. Mm -hmm. uh, it was it was strange. Uh, uh, not necessarily. Uh, I'm, I'm used to the heckling mm -hmm. and all that other stuff. Right. You know, I'm an easy target. I get it. <laughs> you do kind of stand out among yeah. the crowd at a visiting know, stadium. And I, and I can uh -huh. see other teams and, and their fans, you know, having a good time with me. But this one was a little different, mm. you know. I don't know what it was, uh, but it was a little rough. Even, I'm going to be honest, it was a little racially. It, mm -hmm. was, a little, it was a little crazy. Wow. Uh, and, and I'm talking about me, even people that I saw who were Hispanic. Really? They were Chicago Bears fans, yeah. Oh so so showing up with two mm -hmm. of my best friends from Corpus, right. you know what I mean? They were like so pumped up to be there and then for them to see mm -hmm. what was going on. It didn't really bother me too much because again, like, you know, I've got some pretty thick skin. I've been doing this for a long time. Right. But to hear it, you know what I mean? It was a little, that, that mm -hmm. was a little rough. So Chicago, not sure I'm going back to that stadium. Yeah, but that wasn't your first time <laughs> in Chicago, right? No, a it was crazy. Yeah. And, and, and I was telling my friends too, maybe it was just where we were sitting. Uh, there was two times that I've been to Chicago on the front row. You know, I had mm -hmm. a good time with people that were some pretty hardcore fans. Sure. There was, you know, there was some annoying ones that had a couple mm -hmm. a too much to drink. But 
this past time we waited too long we ended up sitting you know kind of higher up in the okay. seats and i don't know if, if that's what it was like you know that type mm -hmm. of crowd is up in the the higher sections versus the you know the people that mm -hmm. probably have a little bit more money and are there right so to totally different attitudes mm -hmm. but because of that i was like i need to rethink about the kind of stadiums i'm at and where mm -hmm. i'm sitting because it was it was a little rough yeah i imagine yeah. a little scary what about um, other stadiums? Do you generally find the crowds, um, other than heckling, like you would expect fans to do to someone who um, is big and bold coming in as a Packers fan, do you find most other fans kind of join with you in the, in the cheerfulness of just attending a game and being there in person and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think this was just one bad trip. Again, mm -hmm. I think it was like where, you know, the position we were at, but Every other time I've been, I mean, even Dallas, uh, everywhere mm -hmm. I've been, you know, the people have to take a picture with Senor Cheese. Sure. They, you know, not even people from the other fan, just because they're not, they don't like me. It's, they know somebody who's a Packer fan. Sure. And, and, you know, I get the, all these stories, you know, I got to send this to my uncle back in Mexico. Right. <laughs> he would like totally appreciate this. Or can yeah. you, can you do a little video message? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, we, I get people from all the different teams come up mm -hmm. and then there's like a. You know, every every team fan base has their own super fan. Sure. You know what I mean? So I try and link up with them to take mm -hmm. a really good picture, show the sportsmanship crossing lines and mm -hmm. all that good stuff. But it's all for fun. It's all for uh, the attention for what else I do outside of there, mm -hmm. uh, really. But just uh, to see the people's smiles and all that good stuff. Uh, sure. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Do you think you'll ever get a chance to link up with the, are they hogs at the Redskins games? You know, the dudes that are like wearing the pig's faces or whatever. Have you seen those guys? Yeah, yeah, they're really, mm -hmm. I mean, every team's got them. Mm -hmm. uh, those those guys are really funny. Uh, I know I've always wanted to like link up with some of the people from like the Oakland Raiders. Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, they're some of the scarier looking yeah. guys in the <laughs> they business. They very much but, are, that's right. I mean, uh, you know, I just feel like I've, I've seen them so many times and they, they mm -hmm. spend so much, the camera spends so much time with those guys. Yeah. I feel like I already know them. Sure. You know, and just following them on Instagram. But those mm -hmm. are some of the, the really cool characters. But I've been fortunate enough to meet, like every time I go to a game, to meet, you know, the, the bigger fans mm -hmm. from around there. And, and the Packers, uh, they've got quite a few as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So what is the reception like when you go to Lambeau? Is it just, are you just covered up in people that are super excited to see Senior Chiefs head there and they are, or is, or are there so many super fans that the idea of another super fan is exciting, but kind of part of the culture? No, I did, I, I, well, being where I'm at, I mean, we're, you know, we're 1500 miles away from mm -hmm. Lambeau. So uh, I, I only make one or two trips up there a year if I'm lucky. And some of these people have been going to games forever, but mm -hmm. we just haven't met up. And they're, you know, they see me all year. They're right. dying to take a picture with not me with Senior Chief. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, it, it's amazing to see that reception. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it's a it's a really cool feeling to to see uh, how how much you mean to like people when you're just mm -hmm. you know out there being a fan and and just being passionate about what you do on a daily basis. Where do you get your inspiration? I know this is a, the obvious answer is the Packers, but your designs are not typical t-shirt designs, typical fan designs. What inspires you about the Packers to create the designs you've created? Uh, just trying to be unique, you know, mm -hmm. trying to do something different. I mean, everything's, everything I've got, I wear is green and gold. You know, I think there's so many, to me, I feel like there's, I, I, every, anytime I wear a Packers something, it looks like the same thing I wore the day before. So having something that's unique to me uh, makes you know makes inspires mm -hmm. me like to wear, wear something different do you have a favorite item that you've created that is your 
um, that you would say is your signature piece at this point? So far, it's the 1919 hat. Um, our, uh, two years prior to the to the Packers um, turning 100 years, mm -hmm. uh, so that was like in uh, uh, 17. So we're going to turn 100 years in 19. I came up with the hat. I already knew it was going to be a big hit. And uh, the Packers, you know, they, they wear throwback colors every year for one game, which would be the navy blue and, and gold, like uh, like uh, Notre Dame. Okay. So the same colors. And so I came up with this hat, and man, it really, t I just wore, I really made it made it for me. That's mm -hmm. all I do. <laughs> I wore it to uh, an opening game against the Seahawks at, at Lambeau uh, in 17, and huge reception. Mm -hmm. All my friends, I was, again, I was hanging out with the the SoCal Packerbackers and uh, probably like 10 of them were like, man, where'd you get that hat? Mm -hmm. I started telling them like, you know, it just took off from there. I remember that, that weekend, I just put it on the website. Uh, I didn't even have any physical copies and sold like 10 that weekend. Wow. So it, it just took off from there. Mm -hmm. I started doing it in different colors and yeah, it's worked out real well. But that's, that's the signature one right there. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the California cheese and the Texas cheese, it's kind of hard to not I yeah. want to pick up those two. I would imagine that's true. So it's it's fascinating. I think that you've got this business and a persona that started off really and truly just as a, I'm going to call it a personal whim. I know there was a lot of thought that went into both of them, but the creation's for you. Yeah. And now they've kind of grown into the Greatness Company, and that's that's pretty exciting. So what are the plans going into the future for the Greatness Clothing Company? Um, I, want to, I want to continue to, uh, you know, because the ideas are there. I, I'm not the... The cleanest graphic guy. You know, I've got, I've got the. I feel like my ideas uh, are up there with the people that even work for the Packers, mm -hmm. idea-wise. Um, and so it's just a matter of getting with the right uh, designer, okay. I guess, taking these ideas and making them look a little bit more uh, cleaner and crisper and more professional than what what I'm doing. Just mm -hmm. because there's only so much I can do. Um, but but I even the little stuff that I do do, they're so um, bold. I think and, right. and it's something for that 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 anybody would like and the ideas are there you know I've mm -hmm. just got them in my notes it's just a matter of working with the right people and I already do that I work a lot with uh, Taco Gear mm -hmm. uh, so my friend Gerald he helped me out tremendously he's been helping me out with since day one awesome yeah he created my logo um, he's worked he's done he's worked on so much stuff for mm -hmm. me I love that guy so much it's crazy um, but working with people like him mm -hmm. that can that can take the ideas and, and make them happen is what I want to continue to do and just you know keep putting stuff out there for people that, that make them feel good, make them feel sure. custom and, and special. Speaking of custom, do you envision doing one-off custom designs for people that uh, would that be an opportunity if someone called you and said, hey, I've got this idea, would you design it for me? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'd put something together. Mm -hmm. I've done that before. Again, this is you know just like somebody saying, "Hey, I live in Maine, but mm -hmm. you don't have a Maine deal." You know what I mean? I probably <laughs> right. won't keep it on the website, but I'll uh -huh. make it for them. I've done it. Do you use a fulfillment company to 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 um, create your products, or do you stock inventory here at your house or somewhere else? No, I do, I do a I use a drop ship. Okay. Um, so I've been doing that for a couple of years, and it works out tremendously. Mm -hmm. You know, the profits aren't there like you know like anything else, but uh, not having the inventory and not having to feel like I have to shove down this inventory. Right. Down you know what you I mean? Hustle to get like, it sold, hustle to get yeah, it sold. Yeah, because yeah. I'm not really in it for that. I'm really just in it to have fun. Like mm -hmm. they're there. Of course, if you want, if you want to wear it, you know, you got to pay for it, obviously. But that's I'm not. That's not what I'm there for. It's not mm -hmm. making the money. It's not. That doesn't really uh, make 
me or mm -hmm. get me to do anything. It's just it's there and and people like it. So uh, being able to provide that for that is a good that's a good feeling in itself as well. Mm -hmm. I believe that for sure. I, you're not the only person who who feels that way for sure. And I think that's an important motivation for a business, right? It, that business doesn't have to be all about profit. Certainly. It's important because, especially right. like with your glass company, you, you want to be able to pay your employees and so Absolutely. forth and you have to make money. But when there is a bigger reason for doing the business and you can make the profit um, a motivator but a secondary motivator, you get to see the success that you're seeing. Absolutely. Um, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about your other hobby, which is running. Yeah. I know that I follow you on Instagram and it seems like you're running all the time. Yeah, um, almost I, everything. <laughs> how did you get into running? What was your first kind of start in that world? Um, I, I remember, like, in, uh, and it didn't really start here, but I do remember going back, in, and I used to play baseball in high school, okay. in Ray High School, and I remember there were, you know, we had our, uh, our like, kind of like a cross-country day. Mm -hmm. It wasn't every single day, but it was like after a workout, we'd have a cross-country cross day, and for some odd reason, I felt like, naturally, I was just always ahead of the group. I mm -hmm. was always the first one back. And whenever we were actually playing baseball, I never felt like I was at the top of okay. the cream of the crop, uh -huh. let's just say, you know, I was more of a, a motivator and, you know, the guy in the, in the uh, dugout banging mm -hmm. around, you know, making noise. <laughs> the rally cap guy. Yeah, yeah all that awesome. good stuff. I wasn't uh -huh. coach's favorite, but uh, um, yeah, so I, I remember that and I always felt like I can excel in it and I never really took off with it or, or uh, any of that good stuff. But I, a couple years back, um, I met I met uh, my buddy Charlie mm -hmm. Jones, right? And so I uh, met him and his mom and his dad through uh, our, our Coastal Bend Packer uh, organization when we all get together and watch games. And uh, one day we were talking and they, you know, they invited me out to a race. They started telling me like, you know, we have this racing wheelchair, we push our son, mm -hmm. we have an organization, you should come check us out. You know, it's gonna be in about a week or so. And I was like, okay. And I was like, hey, well, my son's a DJ, you know, if y'all ever need anything. Mm -hmm. And she said, great, you know, Maybe he can DJ our race. Awesome. And so I was like, hey, you know, I, I, I scored him this gig. It was mm -hmm. a free one. He was only like 10 years old. <laughs> right. So he shows up and DJs. And, and, and um, I remember seeing it wasn't just Charlie. There was about another 10 or 12 kids that were in racing wheelchairs. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of lined up with everybody else. They had their whole opening ceremonies. And I took some pictures and stuff and watching these people run mm -hmm. a 5K pushing this wheelchair, not just running, but pushing a wheelchair. Right. And the, it wasn't even that, it was the smiles on these kids' faces mm -hmm. that, that, I, that really caught my attention. And so I remember watching this race and, and, and going home and I, was, I told my wife that day, I said, hey, I'm, I'm gonna start running tomorrow. Awesome. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I, want, I want, this is what I wanna do. I wanna push these wheelchairs. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, and, and I, you know, I told Michelle, Charlie's mom, and so they, they invited me out to a couple of uh, free training runs and uh, I wasn't able to push a wheelchair probably for about a, a month or so. You know, okay. they wanted me to kind of hang out, see mm -hmm. if I was really going to stick to it. And sure. I really did. I, you know, I started running at home and practicing and all that good stuff. And man, it was, it's, it's what a blessing mm -hmm. meeting, meeting them. It's been like a complete change in my life. Uh, and just, it's awesome. I, I can't talk about it more. I've seen uh, I've seen the crew running before, and it is a powerful statement. I mean, yes. you and Charlie are running buddies. Yes. And to watch the angels push the, uh, their fellow runners who happen to be in chairs is pretty. It has a pretty tremendous impact for yeah. sure. So when you're learning to run with one of these running chairs, do you have to learn a different stride? Or is it the same stride? Are they built for the runner to have 
you know, a longer running stride, a shorter running stride. How does that work? What's the, what are the technical challenges with pushing a, a, a chair? Well, first of all, you're, you're, you're pushing a lot of weight. So the first thing you got to do is you got to, you know, you, you, going from running by yourself mm -hmm. to pushing one of those, you got to mentally prepare that you're not going to run the same speed. So if you're one of those people that clock yourself and right. you're worried about timing, you could throw that out the door because you're going to, you're going to probably hurt yourself. So easing back is uh, one, one of the things I would suggest, but just uh, learning how to prepare for what's ahead of you. Mm -hmm. You know, you're having to push this thing that's like six feet long. Right. You know, uh, you can't just turn on a dime, that's mm -hmm. for sure. So you're constantly always looking ahead, uh, uh, trying to maneuver around whatever you need to get. People running, walking, mm -hmm. um, staying to the right. That's just another, you know, we... It, we participate in so many events, uh, running events, and there's so many things going on and people listening to headphones and all mm -hmm. that, so we have to be really on top of our game, but there's, there, there really is a lot to it. There's a lot of technical stuff. And then uh, just knowing that you have somebody's kid, mm -hmm. you know, uh, in the chair, and right. having to you know, worry about their surroundings as well and you know, keeping them in the chair. Mm -hmm. I know they have seatbelts, but there's, you know, there's a lot of bumpy roads. <laughs> that's across. right, that's right. <laughs> We don't have the best running road, that's for sure. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the bond that you and Charlie have formed over the years of running together. I mean, you started out as, as kind of Packers fans yeah. together. That's how you discovered each other. But I know that it's grown beyond that. Let's talk about how y'all interact and how, you know, what y'all like to do together and those kinds of things. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's amazing. I, I will tell you, it's, 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 it's a life-changing thing. Mm -hmm. uh, Charlie's brought so much uh, positive energy into my life. You know, uh, I know I got kids and stuff, but just... Charlie is he's a really special kid mm -hmm. um, I can see and and we talk about all the time he and his mom like when when he knows I'm walking into the room he just lights up oh, he's a totally awesome. different kid you know and it wasn't it wasn't really necessarily me or Senor Ortiz at the time it was I remember what what turned him into a Packers fan is just seeing the colors in green and gold mm -hmm. and I think maybe his mom might have shown him a, a game or two on TV of course he's uh, he's nonverbal, mm -hmm. you know, he's got cerebral palsy. Um, he's had a rough, uh, mm -hmm. rough early life, but, but when he sees the green and gold, you know, he just lights up like a Christmas tree. That's awesome. And so I remember like every time I would see him, uh, I, I greet him like with just crazy energy mm -hmm. and I'm just kind of like, you know, just kind of <laughs> punching him around uh -huh. like, Hey Charlie, how you doing? And uh, just why, and, and we've, we've done that so many times, like he knows who I am. Mm -hmm. I feel like he knows who I am now. Uh, uh, you know, we're, I'm constantly pushing him. I'm mm -hmm. constantly, you know, just being around. He's just brought a lot of positive energy into my life. I know that. Yeah. Is he one of the reasons that you wanted to bring your youngest son to the Rye School? Absolutely. And you know what, uh, how that happened is I was actually running uh, last year's race for mm -hmm. the Rye School, pushing Charlie. Uh, with his dad and so uh, we started talking to uh, to Vanessa and uh, yeah it, it worked out great uh, my son was already uh, at a Montessori school around here and mm -hmm. it's uh, he wasn't having the best of luck there okay. and uh, yeah it, just, it worked out great I, I, I felt uh, all the love and and the passion that the teachers have there at mm -hmm. the school and I felt like this is going to be the sun the place for my son to actually shine and, and learn mm -hmm. passion learn uh, all, all that good, you know, the good stuff that everybody should be learning. That's right. Yeah. Well, I can say with, my, with a personal note, it is awesome to watch your son and mine interact together in class. Yeah. Um, my little boy with Down syndrome, and you get to see that what yours has learned from watching you and Charlie, he brings into the classroom with him. And so yeah. he interacts with kids that are different 
as though there's no differences. And that's one of the most amazing things to get to see as a parent of a child with special needs. Yeah, It's awesome. And you know, that's, I think that we forget as parents a lot of times that our kids, that we know that they learn the bad things from us. And exactly. We hear them repeat words that we say or say things in anger just like we do. I know that my kids yell at other drivers in Corpus Christi because, <laughs> because I may or may not have done that once or twice this morning on the way to school. Um, but I do know they also learn the good things from us. So yeah. watching what you have done with Charlie over the couple of years, y'all been running together, the few years y'all been running together has obviously has obviously made an impact on your on your son. Yeah, yeah, they see it. I've brought them out to races before. Mm-hmm. They're super interested in what's going on. Of course, my son's super hyper. I could see him being able to do mm-hmm. something like that. And again, like he he, he does, they don't you know as kids they don't see they don't see differences. Right. You know exactly what I mean. Right. Everything is is is. Uh, is so uh, black and white for them, mm-hmm. and and it's really cool to see, and and uh, yeah, it, it inspires you know, and it just makes me happy as well. That's seeing right. seeing uh, them because you because you can you see, uh, you know, the, the internet's got its good, it's got its bad, and, and you know, it seems like a lot of the bad stuff that kids do is so funny or right. so overly shared mm-hmm. celebrated when you, yeah when you yeah. see some kid like talking back to his mom or whatever it's got like some million <laughs> right 10 million right. views or something of course you know half of the stuff they're saying is is kind of funny mm-hmm. from from an adult perspective right but, you know i don't want my son doing that. exactly right that's exactly right and i think it's fair to have a double standard as a parent yeah you know it's a it's part of you know the maturing process as we grow into adults but it is really powerful to see when kids have learned uh, good behavior from parents and then that's the kind of stuff that that gets celebrated when you're pushing Charlie in a race or yes. when your son is interacting with his fellow students at the rice school it's pretty amazing to watch um, I know that you also have another successful son who is a DJ that people who've listened to our episode with Dusty have heard Dusty talk about and you mentioned earlier kind of as an as an aside but He's been DJing since he was, what, nine or ten years old, maybe earlier? Yeah, I think he was eight or nine when we put him in Dusty's first turntable academy. Okay. And uh, so we, we put him in there for, it was a one-week summer camp. Mm-hmm. We put him in there, and, man, he really, this was like the one time where he opened up and started to shine in something. He was always a real shy kid, mm-hmm. and uh, he just had, had a lot of attention issues. Okay. And so trying to, you know, seeing him uh, mm-hmm. struggle with just like being in public school uh, all the time, mm-hmm. it is for him to, to do something and love it and want to show up and mm-hmm. want to take it on. It was, that was an amazing feeling. And, uh, you know, here we are 10 years later and he's still doing it. Right. And, and doing it quite successfully yeah, as I've yeah. seen from his Instagram feed for sure. So let's talk a bit about the family. What are the kind of things that y'all love to do in Corpus, or what are the things that y'all are excited about coming up in Corpus? Uh, well, my wife is real involved with Taco Fest, mm-hmm. or she has been in the past couple of years. So I'm not 100% sure if she'll be working with that. Um, but uh, you know that that brings a lot of cool things to the city and, and attention and something to do. So that's that's one thing. Of course, we'll have running events all year. That's those are the things that I look forward to. But mm-hmm. for as a family. Man, all the building that's going on downtown, like the, re- the redoing of the parks. And mm-hmm. I was super excited about taking my kids to Water's Edge this past weekend. We settled for Cole Park. No big deal. <laughs> but, but you know, just watching the progress right. downtown and all the different events going on, the, the first Fridays mm-hmm. and, the, you know, the festivals. Um, we're, I'm super excited about where Corpus is going and uh, knowing that my kids are gonna grow up in a, in a place where there's a little bit more things to do than when I was growing, mm-hmm. you know, when we mm-hmm. were growing up. It seemed like uh, 
I was always that guy that was like, man, I, when I do get older, I want to move to a place like San Antonio mm -hmm. that has a zoo and has these things. And we may not, well, we probably have our own zoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, you know, it, just watching all the things happen from, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think we have a Dave and Buster's now. That's right. the cr craziest thing. I remember doing, you know, when I lived in Austin for a little bit, going there was like one of the coolest things. Mm -hmm. I haven't been to the one here, but it's here. Right. You know, and the just so many so many so many uh different positive things going on downtown mainly mm -hmm. and i think that's where the heart of the city really is and needs to be and so uh my wife and i and the kids we try and take take advantage of as many events down there as we can uh to support all the stuff going on well thank you so much for taking time to come on the show i really yeah, appreciate it absolutely. i know that our audience will look forward to hearing your podcast when it gets cranked up yeah and they'll look forward to following you on instagram and we'll have some details in the show notes for folks on how to be in touch and all that yeah well, thanks for having me on and and giving me the time my pleasure thank you Visiting with Marcus is always inspiring. He squeezes so much into each day, serving his family, managing Gulf Coast Glass Company, expanding Senior Cheesehead, running and training, and serving others. It's going to be fun to hear his forthcoming podcast, so be sure to follow him on Instagram at Senior Cheesehead to get updates on when his show goes live. Be sure to also keep an eye out for when he launches his clothing brand into its new name. But in the meantime, shop at SeniorCheesehead.com. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram too at EchoCorpus. And if you're listening to this episode between March 2nd, 2020 and March 23rd, 2020, please head over to thebendmag.com to nominate Echo Corpus Christi for the Locals List 2020. Click on the header for the Locals List, go to Arts, Culture, and Entertainment, and scroll down to Podcasts. Click on Nominate beside Echo Corpus Christi. And while you're there, take a look at all of the other local podcasts and find some new ones to listen to. Thank you to our infrastructure partners, the Sound Guys, Clint Tucker Homes, and Sawyer Audiology. Thank you for your nomination, and thank you for taking time to listen.